pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 292. Today I'm going to chat with Jeff Cole from Rainier Arms, discuss another tale of the ATF flip-flopping, and highlight a new carbine from CZ. I'm your host, Ava Flanell. Jeff, how are you doing today? Ava, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on the show, and uh, I hope you're doing well yourself. I'm doing okay. I'll admit, I'm totally just like rushing everything today just because I have to pack and I have so much stuff to do before I fly out tomorrow for NRA. Of course, this show, you know, by the time it comes out, NRA will have already happened, but that's the joy of pre-recording the show. And honestly, I can't complain because it's better, you know, at least I could pre-record it and then it's like, okay, I know I'm good to go versus like, okay, I have to record live at this day and then that would kind of suck. But to say that I'm not like all over the place would totally be a lie. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, what else is new? Okay, so before we start talking about Rainier Arms and everything that you guys are facing in Washington right now, I want to take a quick break, talk about Smith & Wesson. If you guys haven't checked it out yet, Smith & Wesson's new M&P 5.7 is one of my favorite guns so far this year. I've liked the 5.7 cartridge for a long time, but the new M&P 5.7 is a revolutionary new gun for the cartridge. That's thanks to the new Tempo barrel. It has two parts with an internal rotary lock system, which keeps the barrel locked up until the bullet passes the gas port. The Tempo barrel system definitely has an impact on reducing recoil because it feels like you're shooting a 22. I shot it next to other 5.7s because obviously the 5.7 isn't a huge caliber and it is pretty flat shooting, but it definitely shoots a lot flatter and smoother compared to other 5.7s on the market. It has all the upgrades, including threaded barrel, optic cut, and great flat face trigger. Best of all, MSRP is only $699, which is pretty well priced compared to the you know other options that you have out there. Check it out at smith-wesson.com. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right. So, Jeff, before we start talking about Rainier Arms and everything going on in Washington right now, tell me a little bit about your background. We actually met at TriggerCon, and I have to say you're not the typical CPA nerdy CFO (laughs) that people are used to. Yeah, I'll let you explain. But yeah, just give us kind of a rundown of like your background and how you got to where you are. Sure. Uh, well, I, I guess, uh, the, you know, having you picking you up as a hitchhiker in the golf cart to get you back to the, uh, to the, <laughs> the lodge was, 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 a, was a good first meeting for us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, uh, my background is, uh, I've, I've always been in accounting to a degree. I, I actually got my master's in accounting. Uh, I'm a licensed CPA in the state of Washington. I used to work in the public accounting practice. I started out as a controller in a merchant processing company working down in Miami Beach, Florida. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting lifestyle. I got to go down to Miami, drive down to Miami Beach every single day, you know, surrounded by, you know, exotic cars and bikinis. Yeah, scantily clad women all over the place. Uh, <laughs> and lots of lots of lots of interesting interactions. So, you know, people always ask me, well, why why would you leave that? Well, mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a flashy guy. I'm not a guy who kind of enjoys that stuff. I'm more of a low key type of person. I like the outdoors. Um, don't get me wrong. I love the beach, but Miami Beach, that's, uh, eh, you know, yeah. a little too crowded for my tastes. Um, I like my space. So I was working down in merchant processing as a controller and uh, helping out part time with yacht sales of, of all things. And uh, I met uh, John Wong, the owner of Rainier Arms while working on just on a separate project. And, um, you know, uh, at the time, John told me, he's like, Hey, I'm, you know, we're looking for a CFO. Do you, do you know anybody interested? And I'm like, like, no way. Like this, this would be, this would be the most amazing thing. But I, I had just gotten married at the time. And I was like, 
there's no way I'm going to be able to, you know, pick up my life and, you know, and everything with it and move uh, from Florida to, to Washington. So I asked my wife at the time, I said, um, how do you feel about moving to Washington? She goes, oh, D.C.? I was like, no, the <laughs> other one. <laughs> uh, but it all worked out in the end. I ended up picking everything up, selling my house, uh, putting all our possessions in a cargo box. Mm-hmm putting uh, myself, my wife at the time, and our bulldog in our car. And we literally drove cross-country from Florida to Washington, wow. um, which, which if anybody gets a chance, I highly recommend because you get to see parts of the country you would never think you would see. Like we went to Yellowstone. We went to uh, Dallas. We went to New Orleans. You know, I visited my family in Denver, just, just you know, went to Montana uh, you know, all sorts of just cool places and cool things that we got to go and see and do along the way that normally, you know, I would have no ordinary course of business, or ordinary course of travels be going out there. So mm-hmm. I went and did that. And that was back in 2015. And I have been working for Rainier Arms ever since. Nice. I like it. Well, when you mentioned Florida, then Miami, I have to laugh because the first time that I was there, I was with my mom and I was younger. Maybe I was like 12. And we were on, we were like on the beach and we were looking at stores and my mom's like, oh my gosh, these are such cute bathing suits. And then she was like, but wait, where are the tops? And we realized it was just for guys. (laughs) (laughs) The banana hammock? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my first experience there. And I do agree, you know, as far as like traveling, I could see that like, you know, there's monumental places across the US that you'd want to stop by that most people probably, you know, wouldn't have any interest or or business going there otherwise. So that was kind of cool. All right. So let's talk about, so it was Saturday, right before Easter, uh, the Washington Senate rammed House Bill uh, 1240 through which bans the manufacture, distribution, purchase, and sale of quote unquote assault weapons within the state. And it was split down party lines 27 to 21 in the Senate, and then it returns to the House for review of amendments before going to Inslee for his signature. It doesn't ban possession, but given the Democrat supermajority in Washington, that could very well be the next step. And the burden of proof is going to be on the individual to prove that they got it before the ban. And then if people haven't had a chance to look at this, I mean, it's pretty ridiculous. So among banning a massive list of firearms by name, it also banned quote unquote assault weapons ambiguously as semi-automatic rifles with an overall length of less than 30 inches, conversion kits and parts that can be used to assemble an assault weapon or convert a firearm into an assault weapon if the parts are in the possession of or under the control of the same person semi-automatic centerfire rifles that have the capacity to accept a detachable magazine and have one or more additional features listed in the bill, semi-automatic centerfire rifles with a fixed magazine with the capacity to accept more than 10 rounds, semi-automatic pistols that have the capacity to accept a detachable magazine to have one or more additional features listed in the bill, and then semi-automatic shotguns that have one or more additional features listed in the bill. And the features banned, including like folding or telescoping stocks, flash suppressors, muzzle brakes, thumbhole stocks, threaded barrels, and a bunch of quote unquote scary features. I mean, this bill is just crazy. And I wanted to interview somebody, you know, a store or, you know, like you guys, Rainier Arms, you guys have a huge online presence, but you also sell within the state. And I'm just curious, like, how is this going to affect you guys? Yeah, let's um, let's I guess let's talk a little bit about some of the the features in this bill, just to kind of expound upon some of the points you you made. It, it it's not just going after the semi-automatic receiver; mm-hmm. um, it's going after all the parts on an individual basis. And you know, you you've covered some of them, but it even covers stuff like uh, a rail on an AR-15, bolt carrier groups, bolts. You know, just just all sorts of little minutia details that, uh, you know, they've essentially used as a template. And I feel like they're going from state to state to state using this template uh, mm-hmm. to try and go after us. I know you guys in Colorado, you just faced down an assault weapons bill. And, you know, thankfully it seemed like you managed to defeat it, but kind we of. all know, 
keep trying. Yeah. They're going to keep trying. Absolutely. In this template. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's exactly what I've told people. Cause everybody's like, well, we're in a safe state. We're in Texas. Yeah. Our guns, you know, like Ruhua America. And I mean, Colorado used to be the same way. Colorado is an extremely red state when I was growing up here. And it's, I mean, this is spreading like a disease. They are using all of these as a template. And if it passes in one state, there's a good chance that it could pass in your state. And Colorado, it's debatable. Like, it's still unknown if we've actually shot it down or not. They postponed it. And I have a feeling that it is going to come back any day, unfortunately. So, but sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to, you know, because it just, it. I get so annoyed when people are like, well, we're good. You know, just move. You're Leave that state. It's trash anyway. It's just like California. And it doesn't matter. No state is safe. Yeah. And, and, and people say that move. Well, you know, you're asking us to pick up our lives, mm-hmm. you know, communities that we've created here, the friends that we've created in these places and essentially uproot uh, instead of stand and fight, yeah. um, you know, and, you know, that's what we have to do. We all we have to stand and fight at this point. You can't get away from it. They're they're coming. I mean, look at look at Washington 10 years ago, Washington State. They allowed suppressors. They you know, they started almost loosening gun restrictions at some point. But now the needle has swung back the other way and in such an extreme manner that, you know, it's 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 frightening because not only are they going after gun rights, they're going after uh, what I what I say is rights of in, is individuals, your rights to safety. Look at some of the laws that they've passed here in this state where it's essentially uh, handcuffed law enforcement to be able just to enforce basic crimes. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, look at go to downtown Seattle, go to go to go to some of these places and you you'd be appalled at some of the conditions that you will see down there. So to me, it's it's just a representative of kind of the the rot that is happening from the inside out in a lot of these states. And personally, I think a lot of these gun laws are, are a symptom of that. So, you know, there's definitely a, a deep rooted problem in here and we have to fight it on, on multiple fronts. So yeah, I agree. I'll get off my soapbox on that one. No, <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly, I'm like shouted at the rooftops. Like people need to hear this more and more. And that's why I've, you know, gotten more politically active than I ever have in recent years because of that. I'm glad you're on the same boat. So let's talk about how is this going to affect Rainier Arms and then other gun stores in Washington? Yeah. So it's onerous um, is the only word I can use to describe it. Uh, you know, for us as a as a small business and a lot of other other these small businesses that are around here, you're you're essentially cutting into the livelihood of people that not only work for you, mm-hmm. the owners, but also all the families of the employees as well, too. You know, for every one person that works for you, they've probably got two or three people to support along with them as well, too. So, you know, it's it's not only affecting uh, you know, us as a business, but it's affecting families in this state as well, too. And what it's going to do to our business model, it's really going to kind of radicalize, revolutionize how we're going to have to do business here in Washington state. You know, there, there it's and not only this bill that passed, there was another bill that that I don't know if you're aware of or not. It's called Senate Bill 5078 that also just passed, I think, last night. They are essentially saying that as a as a firearms dealer or manufacturer or having a license, we're going to essentially go around the um, I think it's called the PLLC where the it's it's the uh, the protection against lawsuits mm-hmm. on the federal level. They're essentially going around that and saying that you as a as a firearms dealer or manufacturer are going to be personally liable for any harm, quote unquote, that that a, that a firearm that you sell or make causes in this state, mm-hmm. they just so the, they're just about to pass that in Colorado. I've been yes. trying to fight it left and right. And the side effect of that is is good luck getting insurance. Yep. Right. Who's going to want to Who's going to want to underwrite that? So now it's not only you know now they're only taking away our ability to, to sell products, right, and to to give people the ability to defend themselves. They're trying to drive us out of business by saying we can't even get basic business services. Yeah. In, state. It's essentially uh, trying to bankrupt these companies because there's going to be all sorts of lawsuits right and left. And I mean, lawsuits are inexpensive. You have to lawyer up. And I don't know if your bill was written the same way, but in the bill initially, it said that we can't recover legal fees, even if we win. Yep. Yep. I, I believe ours is written the same way as well, too. Yeah, it's um, disgusting. It's like I said, it's the template that, that they're going around and using. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of money on that other side, and there's a lot of backers for it on that side that are coming after us. Yeah. But 
but back to how it's going to affect us, it's, you know, we, we don't know what the future for us holds in Washington state right now. You know, we are looking at this going, how can we operate as a business? You know, can we still sell, you know, revolvers? Can we still sell optics? Can we still sell, you know, most handguns? Yes, but uh, you know the the parts industry. A lot of the innovation that goes in that industry is all of a sudden going to have its knees cut off in Washington State and in any other states that pass these kinds of bills. So, you know, not only are, is it affecting our sales, but you're affecting the manufacturers who who innovate in our industry as well too. And that's a that's a problem because now it's going to stifle innovation from a sense because people are going to look at this and go. How do we want to invest in this in this business or this manufacturing operation? Because it takes a lot of money to manufacture. You've got your machines, your molds, you've got you know raw material, you've got the design phase. It's a lot of risk for a small business to invest in that stuff. And it's quite frankly, someone who might have a great idea might look at this and go, I you know I don't know if I can do this. I don't mm-hmm. know if the risk is worth it. Yeah. You know, lots of unintended consequences with this bill. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about Mantis. If you're into trap or skeet shooting, definitely check out the X10 Elite from Mantis in shotgun mode. It's not only the top tier training device for pistols and other rifles, but it includes all the shotgun specific features from the old X7. Specifically, it aids for skeet and trap shooting drills to help you measure your performance and improve. Just download the Mantis X shotgun app to use with the X10 instead of the normal Mantis app and then, you know, train away. Then you get started with drills to help improve your ski and trap shooting, and it is super beneficial. Check out their products at mantisx.com. The way that it's written right now, so the bill includes an emergency clause, which means that it will go into effect immediately when signed by the governor, an amendment allowing 90 days for dealers and manufacturers to sell out of state did make it in, but also one to allow an exception for retired or active duty military moving into the state. But I mean, what are you guys planning on doing? Because I'd imagine you have a ton of stuff in stock and you do have, thankfully, like your warehouse in Kansas. So, I mean, worst case scenario, I guess you could transfer it all into Kansas. But for some of these stores, I mean, only having 90 days to just unload all of the inventory that just got banned is insane. Like, what are people going to do? Well, it's 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 a double edged sword for a lot of these businesses because you know as a as a retailer, wholesaler, uh, distributor, your your main capital is going to be your inventory, right? Mm-hmm. You have a lot of money tied up in that stuff. Yeah. So you know if you don't have the opportunity to move it out of state like some of these guys here, and then they banned it from being sold, how are you going to move it in ninety days? Exactly. You know, it's almost like putting the noose around their neck. You know, putting them on the scaffold and going, well, now you have to dance off the stage. You're like, it's it's too late. Mm-hmm. You can't. You know, so a lot of these smaller shops and a lot of these other guys who haven't planned for for these events out here in Washington State, I have to imagine they're either going to be selling their inventory wholesale and probably taking a loss on it mm-hmm. um, and going out of business, or they're just going to pick up and move out of the state. And, you know, that's going to cost them at the same time. Let's let's be honest here. I mean, you know, over the past year, you know, we've seen the firearms industry that, that sales have slowed, yeah. uh, inventories have built. Right. So a lot of these companies are probably not sitting on a lot of capital to be able to, you know, pick up and, and do those kinds of moves. So I think a lot of people are just going to just sell it off wholesale, take the loss and do something else. You mm-hmm. know, we're not going to do that. We have we have options. But for the smaller guys that, that don't have these options, that's a tough one. That's a really tough one. For and them. then so let's say that you guys, you know, every all the stores in Washington, you guys just decide like, all right, we're going to have a huge blowout sale. Even though this hasn't been signed by the governor yet, it's just a matter of, you know, it's going to happen and it's going to be effective immediately. But then you guys also have the 10 day waiting period, you know, before you could purchase a firearm. So even if people are like, OK, you know what, I'm going to go out and like support these companies and I'm going to buy an AR or anything in that list. It's kind of hard to do so, correct? Yeah, uh, we already have a ten day waiting period for um, for handguns, and we already have a mandatory training clause mm-hmm. uh, or 
education piece already. So I feel like they're just double stacking this stuff at, at this point just to make this as difficult as possible for people that are now going, oh, what's happening here in this state? I need to go out and get something. I need to go out and buy something or, you know, I need to get spare parts, which, you know, obviously spare parts are covered, but Hey, I need to get a lower or I need to get this or I need to get that. And they're just, they're trying as hard as they can to make sure that people don't even have the opportunity before this goes into effect to even buy the tools they need to defend themselves Mm -hmm. or even, you know, even repair, replace the parts that they that they need for these tools to defend themselves. You know, I mean, look at look at the bolt on an AR-15, average lifespan, anywhere from 5,000 to 15,000 rounds, mm-hmm. right? Well, you can't buy a bolt now when this when this bill passes. So what are you supposed to do? You know, wow. what do you, are you are you supposed to just now have this useless piece of aluminum sitting in your sitting in your safe that doesn't actually do anything? Mm-hmm. You know, they always do it in the name of you know, for everyone's safety, we're all in this together, you know, that kind of crap. And they say, because it's a public health nuisance, it needs to be an emergency. What, what emergency? Yeah. You know, what tell, you know, point out to me, you know, what, what, what this emergency is of uh, that they're pointing to, you know, uh, you know, let's point out the emergency of, you know, of, uh, of heroin use of fentanyl on our streets. Where is the emergency for that? Where's the urgency for that. It's not there. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, it's them. It's all about power. It's all about control for them. And this is their way of exacting it. Unfortunately. Yeah. And then it also says, so violations will be a misdemeanor with 365 days in jail and a fine of $5,000, which I don't know about you, but I don't want to spend a year in jail. <laughs> I don't think I would make it a day. I mean, I probably would. I, I, I got I got better things to do than yeah. sit in a cell. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm like. Uh, I just, I mean, let's face it. I probably would go in there and I'd come out leading the pack like a badass bitch, but it's not something that is really on my list of, you know, my bucket list to do before I die. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for me on the flip side, I got all the time I want to be able to lift weights. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I would do. I'd be like, all right, I have no choice but to get into shape. And I've heard that the food's not so great. So yeah, with those two things working in my favor, I'd come out looking freaking amazing. But right. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I don't know. So have you gotten together and like talked to any other gun stores and like figured out, I mean, what what is the plan for a lot of people? Oh gosh, I think everyone is running so fast right now here in Washington state, just because, you know, there are, there is a group of folks that have woken up to this and they're out there, they're buying, they're purchasing. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have lines literally out the door every single day in our store, uh, in our retail storefront here. And everybody's running so hard and so fast that we really haven't had time to all kind of sit down and talk um, about what's next. But I can tell you, I I know what's next um, is we're going to fight this. Okay, uh, good. A lot of other people are going to fight this. And, you know, some of the, you know, we've already discussed some of the ways. Uh, in fact, uh, I met with the Firearms Policy Coalition last week, um, which I, I know is um, an organization that has been actively fighting mm-hmm. in a lot of states, including ours, about how we can continue to help them to continue to, to support this legal battle because we're not winning in the legislatures these mm-hmm. days. They're just ramming this legislation through with zero regard for what the, what the population and the populace actually wants. And so, you know, we need, we now need to fight this in the courts and the courts are, are the best avenue at the moment, but they're slow. Mm-hmm. Right. It takes time. It takes so much time to file injunctions, to file motions, to file briefs, amendments, and then, you know, get the judge to look at it, to make the ruling, release the ruling. And then how does the ruling work? And unfortunately, a lot of these states, I feel like like California, New York, they just ignore the rulings at the same time, too. So we have to not only back the fight with organizations such as FPC and others, but we have to make sure that these courts and these and these bodies of judicial legislation can enforce this stuff too. Mm -hmm. So that's really how we're planning to fight this stuff is we're planning to uh, support these organizations. And, you know, we're obviously going to make sure that our voice is heard and we're going to battle them. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, that's a, 
that's the plan at the moment. Nice. Well, I have to ask, I know, like I talked to Stag Arms and I'm actually, I'm going to be doing a booth appearance at NRA for Stag Arms. And that's because they've, you know, been in Washington trying to help fight this. They've also have been, you know, sending people as many lowers and stuff as possible, like just trying to get people like, cause you know, obviously the demand is high for that. And I mean, I appreciate that, but I have to know, like, in Washington, who have you seen that's been the most active organizations that are fighting for this? Um, I would definitely say the the Firearms Policy Coalition is one of the more active ones mm-hmm. up here. We have seen something from GOA, NRA dabbles a little bit. The Second Amendment Foundation is actually very very active up here. And so we've got a couple organizations up here that that are that are fighting this stuff. Those are the ones I can think of off the top of my head. Okay. Yeah. It's because that was very eye opening for me too when I, you know, testified at the Capitol just to see like what organizations actually, you know, there's a one person from the organization. It's not like a group of people in my case. And, you know, and then they'd say like who they're representing. And it was interesting to see like which ones showed up and which ones weren't, you know, there. And we talked briefly before the show started, and I think it just depends on their resources, the amount of, you know, people that they have. Like I know GOA, for example, the person who's representing, they have to cover, you know, so many states. It's not like they have a person per each state. And so that gets difficult. And I think I heard NRA, they have like just a handful of people, but they fly around, you know, to all these states uh, representing. So it's been kind of, that's been interesting to see as well. Well, to, to speak to that point a little bit, I think there's a pivot that needs to happen with a lot of these organizations. Some of them are doing it. Some of them aren't. Um, the pivot is, is that in the legislature's we're not getting the intended effect. We're, 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 you know, I feel like we're always continuously throwing money at the legislatures mm-hmm. and we're just, we're just not getting the intended effect where I think the pivot needs to start happening. And we've seen some of this already. I mean, look at, look at, uh, you know, Judge Benitez down in California getting ready to perhaps overturn the California assault weapons ban. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of these organizations need to pivot from the legislature to the judicial branch mm-hmm. and start fighting it there because with the Bruin ruling at the Supreme Court and all these other rulings that are in district courts and appeals courts that are happening, we're able to set the precedent. And so precedent, I think, is important from a judicial level because laws are made off of precedent, right? And laws are struck down because of precedent. So being able to really fight this stuff and cement it in stone and say, here's the reason why you guys can't pass this bill. Here is, you know, here is what the law says, and here's what the rulings in the past have said. I think that gives us a lot more ammunition to, to fight this stuff down the road in the legislatures. Problem is, it's slow, mm-hmm. right? It's slow, and it takes money. I mean, I don't know how many attorneys you've you've interacted with in the past, but they, they don't come cheap, Mm-mm. and that's for a reason. You know, they're you know, there's a lot of them that are good at what they do, and they're worth every single penny, but they're not cheap. Yeah. I agree. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk about Gator's Eye Pro. Obviously, everyone likes good eyewear, especially when it comes to shooting because you want to make sure that your eyes are protected. For a lot of guys out there, the Magnum frames are one of the most popular. But for the ladies, I personally prefer the shape of like the Delta or the Marauder for their current lineup. They're also easy to custom fit to your face. So, you know, when you try something on, you're like, oh, it just doesn't feel right. You could adjust the nose piece. You could adjust the frames because it's like an aluminum frame. So you can kind of bend it accordingly. And then next thing you know, it fits like a glove. Also, the other day I was given a private instruction on the range. And one thing that I noticed with over the ear, ear pro is, you know, after a while, it starts causing your glasses to kind of dig into the temples with the aluminum frames that didn't. It was actually really like pleasant. I was like, okay, by now, you know, my temples are usually killing me and I'm just like, I can't wait to get off the range to take off my ear and eye pro, but it actually wasn't bad. But that's also a huge perk. I would definitely recommend checking them out, especially if you guys are looking for just glasses in general, because they look good. You know, you're not just limited to using them on the range, but like with everyday use, check them out. If you use the URL, that's Gators, G-A-T-O-R-Z.com forward slash Ava, you're going to get 15% off your entire sale. Definitely check it out. See what they have available. They have lots of different frames to fit your face. And I don't think that you guys will be disappointed. 
I know like when they were originally going to pass the law, uh, I think it was here in Colorado's SB 23-167, which allowed, you know, victims to sue retailers and manufacturers if they fell victim to anything related to gun use. And, you know, so I talked to NSSF and I was like, okay, what can I do? Like, I personally, I wanted to raise a bunch of funds and bring on a lawsuit of my own with, you know, a select few. And luckily, it's kind of, I just got word last night, they have altered the bill greatly so that it's not as detrimental as it was. I mean, ideally, it'd be great if it just didn't go through at all, but it could be a lot worse, which is kind of shitty to say and kind of, you know, I don't want to have that mindset. But I'm sure, you know, for people who want to help and, you know, they want to make donations, because I do think that, you know, this is a disease. And if it's not struck down in one state, it's just a matter of time before it's just going to spread to other states. What are things that people can do that you think would be, you know, effective? One, I mean, obviously making those donations to these organizations are going to fight for us. But two, also creating awareness about this stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's so many you know, you know, quote unquote gun people that come in and they don't actually realize what's in these bills, what's in these laws. You know, we've had some people come in and go, Hey, I'm going to buy a lower receiver, you know? And then we're like, well, you know, it's the parts too that are going to get banned. And they're like, well, what are you talking about? Like, well, did you read this stuff? And, and, and I think that's a, an endemic of a lot of the industry, not saying everybody, I mean, anybody who has been shooting for a long time, collecting for a long time, taking this stuff seriously, they know this, right? Folks like you and I, we know this stuff, but it's the other folks out there that, you know, especially we saw this in during the, the COVID lockdowns that we had, we had people will come in and go, oh, I, I want to buy a gun. And we're like, well, it's, it's a 10 day waiting period. What do you mean it's a 10-day waiting period? Well, do you remember I-1639? Yeah. Well, did you vote for it? Yeah, it sounded really reasonable because it was, you know, gun safety for the children. We're yeah. like, well, <laughs> you didn't you just read what they, you know, what they wanted you to read. You didn't mm-hmm. actually read it. And so it's an education fact as well, too. So being able to support the organizations that are going to fight this, educating yourselves and educating other folks, I think is at least the first step in this, right? At least the first step. There's so many other more steps that that we can take, but you know we've got to make this stand right now, and that's just it's going to take money and education. And what organizations do you think people should donate to? I would definitely look at Firearms Policy Coalition. I would definitely look at Second Amendment Foundation. NSSF is actually a good one you mentioned. I forgot to include them. You know NRA, GOA. If they're active in your areas, great too. Let's 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 roll with those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And then kind of switching gears up to a little bit, you know, something a little more positive. I mean, anything new and exciting that you guys have going on at Rainier Arms? I did just get a notification that you guys already have a date for TriggerCon, which I plan on attending. But anything else that, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe I, I, maybe Washington locations not doing so great, but Kansas might be thriving. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let, let's talk about that. Uh, we have actually so I'll back up a little bit. Actually, we have unfortunately seen the writing on the wall in the state for quite some time. And, you know, we took steps a number of years ago to say, how can we diversify the risk we have as a company to uh, due to legislation? And so, you know, that's when we opened our warehouse out in Wichita. We have the Firearms Academy out in Wichita. Did, did you get a chance to uh, visit that facility while you're out there? No, I didn't. But I do keep seeing it pop up and it looks like you guys are doing awesome things there. Yeah, if it, next time, well, actually, you know, in TriggerCon, you should definitely uh, make a trip out there and and plan to come hang out for a day. In fact, I think we're going to have like a little reception on Thursday night there. Mm-hmm. Just come hang out, check it out. It's, I mean, just a first class facility. Uh, we got, you know, we got bays, we uh, four bays. We have classrooms. We have a less than lethal area where we you can you can set up movable walls and do scenarios and you know all sorts of force on force training. Hmm. Uh, you know, we also have our, you know, our fantastic retail selection as well there too. And we also have a great selection of trainers on, on staff as well too. So I definitely recommend checking out that facility and, and anybody who's listening out in the Wichita area, definitely drop on by, say hello, come check us out. You know, we've got a fantastic membership program there that allows people to shoot for free anytime they want. It really is a a world-class facility in my opinion. So that that's you know obviously one of the exciting things we've been doing is diversifying and and opening up these new facilities. But the next exciting thing we're doing is we're actually expanding 
that brick and mortar footprint. We actually are in the final phases of construction for a location in Oklahoma City, just down the road from Wichita. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's been in the works for a little while. We anticipate having that open sometime probably mid to late 2023 is when you'll see that that location come up online. But if you're in the OKC area, uh, guess what? We're coming to town. We're com- coming to hang out and bring some cool products to uh, to our shelves down there. Very cool. Nice. That's I'm glad that makes me happy for you guys. I mean, it sucks that you're, you know, dealing with everything that you're doing in Washington, but I'm glad that you guys are being proactive and, you know, making moves to stay on top of things. Totally. That's awesome. Not only that, it's, you know, we want to go to areas that that, that are friendly to our business, right? That that want us there, that enjoy and support firearms ownership, Mm -hmm. right? You look at Kansas Kansas and Oklahoma, I mean, they're both very pro-gun states. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think uh, Kansas has constitutional carry. I'm not sure about Oklahoma, but... These are states that very much promote our business and very much want our business and very much want people to be legally armed and be able to defend themselves. And that's those are the kind of communities we want to support. Uh, You know, as much as we love Washington, as much as our home is here, you know, when the legislature starts coming in and crapping in your home, Mm -hmm. it it makes it a little uh, unwelcoming. You know, yeah. Absolutely. Can you uh, just share with listeners where they can find Rainier Arms and where they can find like addresses to the location in Kansas? And I'm sure that you guys will keep everyone up to date, like on social media when the Oklahoma location is ready for business. Absolutely. So you can go on our main website, which is RainierArms.com. And that's spelled R-A-I-N-I-E-R Arms with an S.com. And for our Firearms Academy, you can find that at RainierArmsFA.com. Both websites have all the contact information. Um, On Rainier Arms, you can find the full selection and line of products that we carry. Right now, for our Washington listeners um, who are running out of time, if the governor hasn't signed this, before you hear this, we are offering uh, priority processing and shipment of orders out to Washington state. So we are doing everything we can to make sure we we get the products that people want to these states that are facing these legislative actions. Awesome. Um, and if you go on the Firearms Academy, you know, you can actually go on there. You can register for your classes. You, if you're a member there, you can reserve range time for yourself. It has all the information for, for our training staff as well as upcoming classes and the last website I want to pimp out is TriggerCon.com, P-R-I-G-G-R-C-O-N. We are holding that on September 22nd through the 24th in Wichita. We will have a trade show component at the Hartman Arena Convention Center that will be open to the public. And we are also hosting a range day down at Severance Training Center on Sunday, September 24th. Tickets for that will be going live here any day now. You can go on there and buy tickets for the convention center or the range day or both. And we're going to have some really fantastic vendors out there. And Ava, of course, yourself, you will be out there as well, too, as one of our VIP guests. Yeah, I'll definitely be there. It was so much fun last year. And I'm glad that you guys moved it because last year it was like an hour from Wichita and it was like middle of nowhere where I was like, I hope I don't break down because one, I don't know how to change a flat tire or something. But two, I don't know if anyone's going to come to my rescue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I, I have to admit that that location was a little a little far. It was. Yeah. I mean, it was it was interesting. You know, it was comical. And then everybody who got like airbnbs nearby it was pretty funny to see like you know look at the pictures of the places that they were staying and it just looked like murder houses but yeah it was totally fine <laughs> I, 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 you know what i totally i totally see that i think it was, <laughs> yeah. I, think it was I think it was chapman from from daniel defense he came up to me and he's like he's like dude we got an airbnb and uh it said it had one bathroom on it. We couldn't find it so we we texted the guy he goes oh yeah it's an outdoor shower oh man <laughs> Okay, nope. I would just pack and leave. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I mean, no, nothing, nothing against you know, nothing against Fall River, Kansas. I mean, they did a fantastic job hosting us. And Absolutely. 
we had a great time out there. But you know, where we're moving the range day now is actually about, I think it's about 35 minutes outside of outside of like downtown. So, you know, there's still some civilization around it, nice. but it's a, it's a fantastic training facility has a uh, long range to it. So, you know, we're going to have plenty of, plenty of, uh, of guns and ammunition and plenty of, of every flavor of type of shooting, whether you like CQB stuff, whether you like uh short range, whether you like shotgun long range, we're going to have it all out there. I think. Cool. Very cool. All right. All right. Well, moving on with the rest of the show, BSF barrels. They make some really amazing carbon fiber retention barrels to upgrade your ARs, but they've now expanded their product line to include bolt carrier groups as well. They have BCGs for AR-15s and AR-10s and either black nitride or nickel boron finishes to choose from. In the AR-15, you can get them for standard 5.56-300 blackout as well as 6.5 Grendel and 9mm for Anywhere from 169 to 189, depending on the finish, which is pretty good for uh, BCG, good quality and good price. And then in the AR-10 platform, they range anywhere from $189 to $229. But remember, if you use the code ELITE15, all one word, E-L-I-T-E-1-5, you'll get 15% off. And that is B-S, S is in Sam, F is in Frank, Barrels.com. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. All right, today in politics, so ATF flip-flops again, which, surprise, surprise. As we've seen more than once over the years, the ATF can't seem to make up their mind about anything and constantly changes the rules in contradiction of themselves and in violation of law. GOA, Gun Owners of America, has uncovered proof of their flip-flopping yet again through a Freedom of Information Act, known as a FOIA, request relating to the ATF's case against CRS Firearms. CRS Firearms, you may remember, is the company that ATF is going after for selling the auto key card. It's a metal card with a stencil of a lightning link etched on it. They're on trial for selling illegal machine guns because ATF claims it's a machine gun. Documents obtained from GOA's FOIA requests contradict that assertion from their own internal reports. The first piece of evidence is a criminal examination of a Napa fuel filter, a magazine device, freezer plugs, and a drill guide. The owner was going to use them to make a suppressor. Their report says the items are not a suppressor. The next internal document is from ATS Firearms and Ammunition Technology Division that says they don't consider a lightning link to be a machine gun unless both parts are present and formed to correct size. That means a stencil etched on a piece of metal can't possibly be a machine gun. Each piece would have to be fully cut out and formed to the correct dimensions in order to be legally considered a machine gun. This means they are knowingly contradicting their own technology division in the persecution of CRS firearms. So in other words, the ATF is knowingly going after people who have committed no crime. These people were even advised by the ATF that the auto key card was legal previously. Then they decided to arrest them and charge them with crimes their own people say are not crimes. So frustrating. Typical. I know. That's literally, that's, I'm like, I don't really have much to say other than not surprised. <laughs> I mean, they, they've made it a point to kind of go after not only non-crimes, but to, I mean, look at the administration. They've, they've asked the ATF to try and keep shutting down FFLs and close mm-hmm. them from all violations. You know, they're, like I said, it's a war on us, on the, on the industry and on gun owners in general on multiple fronts. And People are not realizing what is actually lurking below the surface here. And it's scary. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. And they're coming after us from all angles and it's just, it's gross. And yeah. people just need to stay more active. Like you cannot be, you know, complacent about it at all. Like now more than ever, like we need all hands on deck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's goes back to the education piece I talked about. I mean, the fight in this is going to be education, right? It's Yeah. Letting people know and making sure that they're aware of these things that are going on and, you know, and talking amongst our industry partners, right? That, you know, being fractured is right now in the industry is the worst possible thing we could do. Mm-hmm. Really, I agree. Really. Yep. Caldwell shooting. 
So if you're into skeet or trap, you need to check out the new Claymore target thrower from Caldwell. It's finally here. And I put out a video, I don't know, I think it was not last SHOT Show, but the year before when they had prototypes of it. And it is freaking awesome. The Claymore target thrower gives you all the benefits of an electric thrower without the need for electricity or a battery. It holds 50 clays and you can operate it with your foot. It throws clays anywhere from 55 to 70 yards and has multiple modes standard as well as flurry when it throws as fast as you can step on the pedal and it's actually really easy it doesn't require like a lot of effort either it also has an adjustable angle and collapses for easy transport and i believe it msrp is like 300 range but it's definitely one of those things that i would say it's kind of a must-have i plan on getting one for my range if you guys want to check it out, caldwellshooting.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word. That's getting you 10% off your entire order. Today's question is, were you able to start shooting this week? If you guys didn't hear last episode, I did finally admit that I recently was injured and I wasn't public about it. I just, anything that you see where I'm shooting, it's actually old material, which just goes to show, don't believe everything that you see on social media, but I did hurt myself. I didn't want to be public about it. I was more in a vulnerable state where I couldn't use my gun that well. And as a result, I didn't want to go public and be like, hey, cool, guys, I'm a target. Go ahead and attack me or rob my house or whatever. I am finally able to shoot a gun. I did so a few days ago, and uh, it is, it feels weird. I mean, so it's only been maybe seven weeks since I've shot a gun, but just those seven weeks not doing it and like your muscles kind of like they felt fatigued and granted I did shoot the gun that I shot was a SAR and you guys my at this point my YouTube video will have been out but I was trying to prove that like you could pick up an inexpensive gun and you should be able to shoot it well if you have a good foundation if you've gotten the training and that's what I was trying to prove and I was still able to shoot it well but like yeah you could definitely feel like you're not as you know it just felt weird. I don't know. Like, have you ever gone a little while without shooting? Like, it is one of those things that if you're not using it, you definitely kind of lose it. Yeah, the sk- skills get rusty, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, one of those things that, you know, you. it's kind of like riding a bicycle, right? You can pick it. You could pick up and ride a bicycle. But if you've been mountain biking and hitting trails and doing jumps for years, and then you stop riding a bicycle for two years, you're not going to jump back on that bicycle and go bomb down a trail and, and yeah. do things that you thought you were going to do. It's, you got you know, you got the crawling down, but the walking and running, you might have to kind of practice that a little bit again. Yeah, which I will say, I did jump on a bicycle a few years back, and it, it is not like riding a bicycle. That whole <laughs> term is bullshit. <laughs> because I was like all like wobbly, and I was like, oh my goodness, you know, I mean, it had been years since I rode a bike. And also, I got tired really quickly. Like, there's a few things that I remember doing as a kid. It didn't even phase me. I had all the energy in the world. Same as like jumping on a trampoline. I could jump on that thing for hours. And as an adult, if you jump on a trampoline within like 10 minutes, if not less, you are out of breath and you're exhausted. <laughs> I, I was going to say 10 minutes. Try 10 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. icing myself and putting Ben Gay on this. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So just make sure you guys are practicing. And if you're injured, I wouldn't go public about it because I do think that it makes you a little bit more of an easy target. So just, you know, some food for thought. No, that, that's a good point you had there, Ava, as far as, you know, publication and, and, and broadcasting this stuff. I mean, how many people have gotten themselves into trouble mm-hmm. uh, by broadcasting the wrong thing on social media? Because let's let's face it, you know, uh, it's it's not like Vegas where, uh, you know, everything that goes on social media, <laughs> yeah. on social media. Exactly. Yeah. IWI, their new Masada Slim is freaking amazing. I love that little compact gun. It looks just like the full-size Masada, but it's like, you know, smaller and thinner. 
and just makes for the perfect discreet carry. So like the full-size Masada, the Slim has a ton of features for a great price. It's optic-ready with irons that you can co-witness through any of the Shield, Romeo Zero, or Halston 507K compact red dots. It has a crisp, flat-faced trigger, and it comes with two 13-round magazines for MSRP 450. Like, you can't even beat that. It's such a good quality gun for a pretty inexpensive price. And then something totally genius that they did was they made it compatible with Jericho mags, which have been on the market forever and they're inexpensive. That means that you can use a 17 round mag in your Masada Slim gun. If you want to check these out, head on over to IWI.us. Remember to use the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word, and you'll get 15% off anything on their web store. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. CZ just released a new Scorpion Evo 3 Plus. CZ first released the popular Evo 3 Plus in a pistol form, but now they followed it up with a carbine version. They included an ambidextrous bolt catch and mag release. The lower has been redesigned with a more ergonomic grip and easier to use controls, closer to like what you'd see with an AR. The lower and the upper receiver get redesigned as well, which includes a new version of the mag. The new mags maintain compatibility with old guns, but you can't use the new mags in older guns, if that makes sense. The new grip design prevents your fingers uncomfortably hitting the safety with recoil, Sights are lower, about one-third co-witness from common red dots. The forend has M-lock rather than the old quad rails. On the new carbine version, it has two different stock options, including the iconic folding stock that is also adjustable, and then it has a 16.3-inch barrel threaded half by 28 so that you can suppress it or add your favorite like muzzle device. MSRP on the new Evo 3 Plus carbine is $999. Yeah, I love what CZ has done with that platform, bringing it from the initial release, the Gen 1, to to what you know the iteration that it is now. Yeah, um, I think they've done fantastic with the micros and the K models, you know, and 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 for a while there, they were really popular with the uh, in, in the PCC category with with USPSA. I don't see many of them now, but back in the day, man, they were. Mm-hmm. They were they were the cat they were the cats meow for sure absolutely and there's so many accessories out there now you know for them like so many aftermarket parts which just make it for a fun gun so that you can kind of customize it to fit your own needs totally i have a cz scorpion myself and you know just the you know between the triggers and the you know the the grips the mag releases the bolt releases that you can do the rails the barrels uh charging handles in fact in fact our own manufacturing operation we're doing CZ charging handles right now. And, you know, you, you can have that HK slap without having to pay that HK premium. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> preach, <laughs> preach. I know. Franklin Armory, did you have a chance to check out the binary trigger for the Glock platform? Did I you know saw that they- it. I- I saw it. I haven't shot it yet. I was watching a video on it the other day, and it looks kind of interesting. I was like, "Oh, this this could this could have some fun uses to it." I mean, I know. you know, I mean, you know, if you want to just burn some ammo and send some, you know, send some rounds down range, this this is kind of the platform to do it. Yeah, you know, Franklin Armory is is so great to begin with. I mean, they've been such great supporters of the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, between all the binary triggers that they've done and, you know, just the innovation that they have going on over there, they're definitely an asset to to the industry as a whole. Absolutely. And they're so supportive, too, of like people's rights and they're fighting, too. And they have, you know, lawsuits going on. And I just, yeah, I give them a lot of a lot of credit. So I agree. But as far as the Glock platform, so they did have one at shot and it was a prototype that they were allowing people to shoot. I didn't get my hands on one. I really want to. It just seems like it's just so much fun. But they are entering production this year. And I know I've been saying that, but I think this year is they are actually doing it. (laughs) The updated G-S173 slide includes a mode indicator on the rear plate of the slide so that you don't have to turn it to see the selector on the side. The slide is optic ready cut with MOS profile. They're not available yet, but production is ramping up. So keep an eye out. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it at NRA and maybe 
you know, talking to the people there and figuring out like exactly if they have a date in mind when it's going to come out because it just looks like so much freaking fun. Until then, head on over to franklinarmory.com and use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, and you're going to get 10% off your entire order. Now it's time to choose a iTunes review. So Jeff, out of the first or the second, I want you to pick a lucky winner to win a prize pack. First reviewer is 22 Cheapster, led from the, oh, I'm sorry, lead from the front, led, lead, you know, it's all the same. (laughs) (laughs) Five stars, listen to Ava for years now. I'm even part of the Patreon family. Ava always delivers an inside eye-opening peek into the firearms industry. Just finished listening to the episode with Sarah Joy Albright from Hold My Guns. Her episode is a great look on how complex mental health actually is and that it is not a scary, evil thing. Ava puts her money where her mouth is and steps up to battle on the front lines, testifying in her state, leading by example. Plus, she has to deal with peaches, but I don't think that's really a problem, which is my dog. And I've posted like the funniest little video yesterday in my story where she was in trouble and she's like hiding behind the stairs and she you just see her little head pop up. She's just resting her head on top of the stair, like trying to hide. And then I'm like, how do you even yell at her? Because she's so freaking cute. I know. I I know that feeling. You see a dog and you're like, I'm mad at you, but I love you at the same time. I know. Like you have to like discipline them, but you're like, but it's so hard. (laughs) That's how I feel. I'm like, oh, I just love her. It's like, oh, you're too cute. Uh, Just just keep chewing on whatever you're I know. (laughs) Like here, it's yours now. It's yours. Okay. Next is Derek Hernandez, who's also a Patreon. Five stars for Ava and Peaches only because I can't give six stars. I absolutely love the Gun Funny podcast. It's one of the best related podcasts out there. The host Ava is knowledgeable, funny, and engaging, and she always brings interesting guests to the show. If you're lucky, Peaches, the Tacti Pup, may have something to say. The format of the show is great with a mix of news gear reviews, interviews, and whatever is going on in Ava and Peach's life. I appreciate Ava's approach to each topic with an open mind and honest opinion. This year, Ava has really stepped it up, bringing in top-notch guests from high-end gun companies and advocate groups. Five stars all the way. Oh, there's there's definitely a... These guys are neck and neck in the I know. That's what I was just saying. I was like, dang, I'm glad I don't have your job right now because that's kind of (laughs) tough. Well... If I have to give the edge and it's by a nose, I'm going to go with 22 Cheapster. All right. And, 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 and I'll give you my reason for that. I actually, the issue regarding uh, the complex mental health and, and, and talking about that. I mean, let's, let's talk about that for a second in, you know, just as a, as a general rule of life. I mean, you know, your, your physical health is very important. Mm-hmm. You know, your mental health is just as important too. There are so many people and podcasts that I listen to that, that are addressing this stuff. And these are not touchy feely types. These are guys who, you know, former seals, former green berets, former Delta guys, they're going out and talking about this stuff and going, Hey, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Sometimes. Absolutely. As long as you, as long as you talk about it, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's an open mind to this stuff, this whole macho, you know, bravado that we put on an industry. I mean, yeah, it's, is 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 it good? Yeah, I think there's definitely a place for that. Mm-hmm. But there's also a place to talk about the stuff that that affects you on 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 that mental level. And being able to to address that stuff and meet it head on, it can do so many wonders for not only for people but for those around you, right? Because you know your mental health affects not only yourself but it affects everyone around you that you come into contact with, especially family members, especially friends, and you know being able to talk about this stuff and let them know what's going on you know, is going to benefit not only you, but them at the end of the day. Yeah. And, you know, it goes back to the whole, you know, some of the charities we support, you know, I, I, I don't know if, if John ever had the chance to, to talk to you, but we, we actually have a charity down in Harper, Kansas called the resilient warrior project that focuses on vets that have struggled with, with mental health that have struggled with homelessness, you know, drug addiction. I mean, all those sorts of things that are, symptoms of mental health not being in the best place and we we started that program to be able to give them housing just to get them back on their feet because you know we can always talk about mental health but being able to make sure someone has shelter they have access to food that you know access to security those are all things that you know that can you know contribute up into that self-actualization piece 
of being able to improve your mental health, right? These are all things that go together. And so we want to give these people a platform to not only stabilize themselves, but to work on some of these mental health issues and work on some of these things that are going on. You know, I know at TriggerCon, we had the therapist come out and talk about some of the work that he's doing with these guys, you know, on an ongoing basis and how important that stuff actually is and the recognition that we're finally giving that stuff. So, mm-hmm. so to, yes, to sum it up, 22 Chiefster, thank you for, for recognizing that. And Ava, thank you for recognizing that as being a component of being a well-rounded individual and a well-rounded contribution to, to the industry. So thank you. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I do think that you know, I think people get so wrapped up in like what they see on social media and, you know, we typically only post the good stuff and we're, you know, with all the advertisements and stuff that we see, we're like made to think that if we have one bad day that, you know, okay, we must be depressed and we can't feel like that. And I mean, there's just so much to it that like, you'd be surprised, like everyone has bad days. Sometimes I have bad years, you know, there's been times where like, I've literally cried and then I'm like, okay, pull it together. Cause I got to record a podcast and I'm just like, Hey guys, everything's great. I'm great. You know, meanwhile, my eyes are just like bloodshot from crying. You know, I mean, not everyone is okay. We all have bad days. We have bad years. Sometimes shitty things happen to us, but it's really important to just not live there and to get the help that you need. And if that is, you know, getting a therapist, talking to somebody about it, you know, just, or exercising or, you know, just doing something more of like what makes you happy, quitting that job, you know, stuff like that, I think is extremely important. And we kind of have to normalize it a little bit more. I agree. All right, guys, it is time to wrap up. You can find me at gunfunny.com. There's links to everything. If you guys want to check out the YouTube video of me shooting for the first time, it's it's not great, but you know, it's there. If you want to support the show, consider becoming a Patreon, which you'll get access to our Patreon only group. And it's just a lot of fun. We're kind of making fun of each other, but it's like a nice, it's like a big screwed up family in that group. And, (laughs) and we all care about each other and it's fun. Also wanted to thank the $25 Patreons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Sake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, and Melissa Ridings. And then King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. And Jeff, thank you so much for your time. I know you're super busy. I appreciate I actually well I contacted John from Rainier Arms and I was like hey can you be on my podcast he's out of the country and he's like but here's Jeff and I was like oh yeah good idea perfect because I have had John on my show before so it's also just great to hear you know your background and, and everything that you're doing but it was really important for me to just highlight what's going on in Washington you know see if we can send help that way and help you guys fight the good fight because I'm telling you I'm going to repeat this and I'm going to continue to say it But this is like a disease. And if you don't put it out, if you don't stop it, it is going to spread throughout the U.S. No state is safe. Really important that you guys, you know, remain active, educate whenever possible. That's why I started talking about politics on my podcast so that you guys are aware of what's going on as opposed to, you know, lawmakers just sneaking this stuff into bills and stuff where we don't know what's going on. And yeah, and just, you know, write to your representatives, testify. Just donate. Too. Yeah, That's donate. Absolutely. So just don't be complacent, whatever it is that you do. But John, can you just remind people once again, what are all the links for Rainier Arms, whether they want to train at the facility, they want to buy something at Rainier Arms, or they want to follow you guys on social media, or they Absolutely. want to go to TriggerCon? Absolutely. So our website, www.rainierarms.com, and that's R A. I-N-I-E-R, arms with an S. And then if you want to come train with us, come shoot with us, come hang out with us. We have a fantastic crew at the Rainier Arms Firearms Academy, also in Wichita. And that is RainierArmsFA.com. All right, great. There you can you can be you can get memberships. Like I said, for our memberships, we have some fantastic free range time that comes with that stuff, uh, with your membership and some other really cool swag too. And then if you want to go to TriggerCon out in Wichita this year, which I highly, highly encourage because Ava will be there, TriggerCon.com, T-R-I-G-G-R-C-O-N.com. And that is September 22nd to the 24th. We will have a range day 
on September the 24th at Severance Training Facility on the 22nd and the 23rd. We will have a show, a convention show at the Hartman Arena in Wichita, Kansas, where you can come out and meet all the fantastic vendors, talk to them, bug them, figure out what's cool, figure out what you want to shoot on Sunday too, because you can go around and say, hey, this looks really cool. Guess what? Come shoot it on Sunday as well too. So little uh little uh try before you buy right yeah i love it very cool all right well thank you so much for your time and guys i will talk to you next week ava thank you i really appreciate your time and you know looking forward to seeing you at trigger con and uh, thank you for having me on your show you do such a fantastic job and i'm really looking forward to all the things you bring to this industry so thank you thank you, thank you. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.